This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. To on to other matters now South Africa's drugs regulator the South African Health Products Authority has approved emergency use application for the COVID-19 vaccine developed by Pfizer and BioNTech however the approval is subject to further efficacy and safety surveillance of the vaccine in the country including monitoring its efficacy against the dominant local vi- uh, coronavirus variant South Africa has secured 20 million doses of the vaccine a batch of which are uh, is expected to uh, expected in the country from the end of next month. Let's speak to Professor Helen Rees. She's executive director of uh, uh, at RH High. Um, she's chairperson of the South African Health Products uh, Authority and also chair of the WHO's Afro Region Immunization uh, Technical Advisory Group. Uh, good morning to you, Professor. Thank you for joining us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So what does an emergency, this emergency approval actually mean if it is still subject to uh, further uh, safety and efficacy um, d- 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 approval? Well, what does that actually mean in terms of uh, safety for us to use the vaccine? So there are several ways in which we can approve the, the, the new COVID vaccines uh, for use in the country. One is uh, what's happening now with the J&J vaccine, and that's under the, 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 in the context of a clinical trial. Um, and that's what's called an open-label 3B clinical trial, which is a big clinical trial where we're simply offering the vaccine. No placebo, no dummy vaccines. We're offering the vaccine, but we're collecting data. That's one way. The second way is, is to register the vaccine. Um, and most of the vaccines we use, for example, for children, these are registered by SAPRA, um, and they've gone through the whole regulatory registration process. But that takes much longer and it requires much more data and much more information. Mm -hmm. The third way is that we have in our legislation a way that we can offer emergency use. And this is something that many countries are able to do and have done with um, the COVID vaccines. And one reason we're doing it this way is that you require less data. You can do it more rapidly and it's designed for emergencies such as a pandemic as we're in. Um, and so that's the emergency use framework that we're, we're using. We call it here Section 21 of the mm-hmm. legislation, but mm-hmm. it's essentially emergency use in this context. Now, we already have 20 million doses that have been ordered um, or that are expected to arrive in the country. Does this, I mean, I mean, what are the implications? If we have already given this emergency approval, I mean, there's no turning back. Should any further, um, you know, further efficacy and safety surveillance, uh, you know, maybe produce adverse findings? Where, where would that leave us? Well, remember, every single vaccine that we're looking at is a new vaccine. And although we have a lot of data from the clinical trials, for the Pfizer vaccine, for example, that big phase three clinical trial where we look at does the vaccine work and is it safe, had 43,000 people from around the world in it, including 7,000 people who volunteered in South Africa to take part in that trial. We have already a lot of data on on 43,000 people and other data from the earlier trials. So we know that and we know about safety and we know about effectiveness. And we know that the Pfizer vaccine is highly, highly effective but against the first virus that emerged. And we also know that it, it's 
pretty safe with, with few people having allergic reactions, but small, small numbers compared to the numbers of people it's offered to. And we make provision for that in the way that it's, it's offered. So, what, but what we don't know, and we don't know this for any of the COVID vaccines, and in fact, we don't know it for vaccines generally when we roll them out. We don't know when you roll these vaccines out to millions and millions of people, which has mm. happened already with Pfizer worldwide. Mm. You don't know if you're going to see a rare, rare side effect. Mm-hmm. And um, if, you see a, if you see a rare condition, and it could be a serious condition, but if you see one or two of these, is it to do with a vaccine or is it to do with the fact that you've got millions of people that you're following up and this would have happened anyway? So that's why we monitor safety on an ongoing basis. And if we get one of what we call a signal, a safety signal mm. from around the world, because we're putting all our data together, then that's very carefully investigated to say, could this be due to the vaccine or is it actually the fact that you're following up millions of right. people and this particular condition would have happened anyway. Um, so, so, so all of these things have done. But what we're also doing with, with, with Pfizer now is we know that Every vaccine, every single vaccine that's mm. been developed so far is, is, is unlikely to work as well against the new variant as the original virus that it was designed to, to prevent. But so that's not to say it's got no efficacy or there's no value in using it. No, 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 no. no. We, think that the, we, we think that all the vaccines are probably going to be good at preventing severe disease, all the vaccines right. that are in this advanced stage. But for Pfizer, this is a very effective, 95% effective vaccine. It has a, a very strong impact on the immune system. And although in the laboratory, the 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 impact of those antibodies on the variant is not as good. We know that in the laboratory. Mm. We still think it's going to have an effect on uh, in, in our setting with our variant. But that's why we're monitoring. We're monitoring very closely. One of the things that was, you know, the AstraZeneca vaccine was being punted for was because, particularly for African conditions, was its ease of storage, that it doesn't have to be stored at these uh, hyper-cold um, temperatures. What is the situation here with Pfizer? I know that uh, um, Aspen that have now um, developed this capacity to be able to store for it, um, the, 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 this particular particular Pfizer vaccine. Just tell us more on, uh, from that point of view. Yes, and, and, and you're quite right. I mean, AstraZeneca has turned out to be actually a very good vaccine in the setting, for example, of the United Kingdom, where their variant that emerged is different to ours. So it remains a very good vaccine. Um, but here, as you know, we had both laboratory data and a small early study that suggested it was going to go, not going to be very effective against mild to moderate disease. That was AstraZeneca. We didn't have data on severe disease. Mm. So we don't, well, we, we don't know that. But it is being used in other African countries which also have um, our variant, the, the variant that started in, in South Africa. So more data will come around AstraZeneca on that as well. But to go back to Pfizer, Pfizer has to be stored at uh, minus 70 degrees in, in, when it's for long-term storage. Mm. And it also has to be stored when it's transported in these ultra-cold conditions. And then if you're going to keep it for any period of time in, a, say, a provincial uh, storage, it, 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 the same would require. And, of course, that's, that we, we don't, we, none, none of us are sitting with empty deep freezers that go down to minus 70 no. waiting mm. for vaccines. Mm. But what, we, what, what the Department of Health has done with academic institutions is identify 
places which do have these ultra-cold storage facilities, and they, are, they have mapped a network, and that's how they're going to distribute the Pfizer vaccine. Hmm. Very interesting. Well, we certainly will keep uh, tabs on this one. Any further word on the, the Chinese uh, vaccine, the Sinovac here, um, uh, which, I mean, has also been one that I think a government had already said that they are taking, they are looking into. And they've offered, well, I mean, five million apparently for to South Africa now. Have the Chinese, the Sinovac have offered five million. Yes. And, and you know, we're lucky in the world, it's lucky that we've got a number of what look like really quite effective vaccines emerging now. We're very lucky because just imagine, had we not been successful in developing these vaccines, we'd be sitting still scratching our heads. That's not the case. So for SAPA, what we've said to the, the health department, if they are talking to any of these uh, vaccine developers about possibly buying or, and importing uh, the vaccine, please, as soon as they start talking, refer them to the regulator. Because what we then do is we have a discussion with the, the vaccine developer and we say, can you start to give us your data? It's called yes. a rolling review. Um, and many of the vaccine developers um, have, have chosen to do this. Pfizer, okay. AstraZeneca did it, and Sinovac is also um, interested in, in, in doing this rolling right. review. Yeah. So, so, so all of them are being looked at. I just want to assure everyone, we will look at everybody who comes to us with a, with a vaccine and we'll look carefully at their data. Professor Helen Rees, thank you so much for talking to us. She is the chairperson of the South African Health Products Authority and also chair of the WHO Afro Region Immunization Technical Advisory Group. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.